You are listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast by The Crossing on how to live into God's bigger story. Hi, welcome back to A Bigger Life. We're going to look at Psalm 56 today. This is one of those psalms that helps us deal with the question, what do you do when you're getting anxious? What do you do when you're starting to worry? What do you do when you're becoming afraid? And there are lots of things to be afraid of in our world. There always have been. This is nothing new. Uh, For David, like I've said before, this context of this psalm is a context of fear. He's been captured, it says at the top, captured or seized by the Philistines. And uh, and so he says in the first couple of verses, he talks about man tramples on me, an attacker oppresses me, my enemies trample on me all day long. They attack me proudly, verse five, they injure my cause, all their thoughts are against me for evil, they stir up strife, they lurk, they watch my steps, waited for my life. And so he's dealing here again, and this is a, a lot of the context of a lot of the Psalms, God had him go through these situations for a reason, and and one of the reasons for our good, uh, at least, is to help us have somebody as an example of how to pray and how to how to trust God in the midst of fear. And that's what David had to do in a lot of these psalms. So we come to Psalm fifty six, and I've always found a few verses here to be particularly helpful. The verses I come back to, I, if you could just memorize one or two of these verses. They're good verses to just kind of keep in your head when you're sensing worry, you're sensing anxiety, uh, you're you're lying awake at night and you can't sleep, and or you're afraid. And you know, in our day with the pandemic, there's a lot of things to be afraid of because it's not just the pandemic. There's it's just the social unrest that's happening now, and we don't know the future, but it seems like things are getting worse, and it seems like things could get a lot worse. And so anybody who has a brain who's aware of what's going on is going to have the temptation to worry and be anxious and to, to wonder, how is this going to affect me, my family, my job? How are things going to affect my health, my finances? Or you might be in relational conflict at work. You might be in relational conflict with uh, the family. We talked about this in our last episode. There's all kinds of things that cause us to stir, cause us to lie awake at night and to be afraid or anxious or worry. And so the, 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 whatever it is that is for you, and it's going to come, you might be in a good season now as so you think, well, I don't need this, but please don't think that because you're going to need this. This is what life is, a lot of what life is. So whatever it is, verse three, he says, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. Now, that seems like a real simple statement. You're going, duh. But again, we're learning how to pray scripture here. We're learning how to talk to God by using his spirit-inspired word to help us have the kind of conversation with God that will bring God's reality and bring God's spirit deeper within our lives, our heart, our mind, and bring us into more and more a walk with God, a relationship with God. We're living our day with God. We're not just believing in a God far away, but we're we're living our day with God. And verse three is one of these phrases you can have in your head to help you live your day with God. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. And 
always, when it comes to these kinds of verses, it helps to just sort of dissect the word and just as you're praying it to, to meditate on what does it mean? So when I'm afraid, I put, I, I, I take my thought of anxiety. I take my worry. I take my fear and I pick it up and I put, I'm putting it, I'm putting something in you. And what is that? Well, that's my, I'm taking this and putting my trust, my confidence, my dependence, my reliance, my faith in you. I'm not trusting the circumstance is going to be okay because I don't know that it's going to be okay. I'm not trusting in positive thinking. I'm not trusting in cotton candy, shallow answers where everything's going to be fine because I don't know that everything's going to be fine. Sometimes things get worse. So we don't want to have a shallow, positive thinking, smiley face solution to our real problems. We want to have a, a solution that is really based in who God is. I put my confidence, I put my hope in you in who you are, in the reality that you are with me, in the reality of who you are. And so he says in the next verse, verse 4, in God whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? So again, these two verses, when I'm afraid, I put my trust, my confidence, my dependence in you, in who you are, in your presence, in God, whose word I praise. In other words, he's saying God speaks. God speaks to me through his word, and I'm going to trust that your word is true. I'm going to bank. I'm going to put all my chips in. I'm going to put the whole pile in that your word is true, because there really are two things. I've said this before, but there are two things we have to believe as Christians if we're going to walk with God any length of time, and two things. One is that that that. God's word, that the Bible is God's word, that is true. It's true. God is speaking to us, obviously rightly interpreted. We can't make it say whatever we want it to say. But the word of God rightly interpreted is true. That's the first thing. The second thing is that God loves me. God loves me. I'm going to believe that God loves me with a steadfast love, with an infinite love, with a God love. He loves me. His word is true. I'm going to trust his word and I'm going to trust that he loves me. So I shall not be afraid. I mean, there are things to be afraid of and I'm not just going to be uh, passive, but I, this is what I do with my fear. This is what I do with my worry. This is what I do with my anxiety. I put my trust in God. His word is true and I know that he loves me. And so what, what David is doing here and what we're trying to do in this podcast is he's putting his immediate context, his context that he's in right now, which is not fun, which is difficult, it's anxious, it's worrisome, fearful. He's putting that, his context now into the bigger story. He's, he's reminding himself of the bigger story that God is trustworthy, his word is true. So ultimately, in the bigger story, what can anybody do? What can anything do to me, really? And so he says in verse 8, he says, you, he's talking to God, he's going back, now this is talking about the love of God, he says, you have kept count of my tossings. So David tossed at night as well, and he's saying God cares about all of it. You have kept count of my tossings, put my tears in your bottle. Now, bottles weren't real common back then. They were used for something that was precious, like perfume or something. And so he's saying, look, God, I know my tears you see every one of them. You put them in your bottle. They're precious to you. You keep count of all my tossings. 
Are they not in your book? What David is saying here is that he is intimately known by God. Every detail of his anxiety, every detail of his circumstance, everything that causes him to toss and turn at night, everything that causes tears, all of his tossings and tears, God is intimately aware of them and they are important to God because David is important to God. You are important to God. This is what you have to do. You have to get here. You have to trust God's word is true and you have to trust that he loves you. You have to if you're going to walk with him that you are important to him, that God is intimately aware of every detail in your life, understands all of your worry, understands all of your anxiety, all of your fears and concerns. He counts them. He puts them in a bottle. They're in his book. This is all poetry, of course. God doesn't have a book and a bottle. But he is intimately aware of every single bit of it. Whatever it is that keeps you awake at night, God cares about it. God cares about it more than you do. And what David is doing here is what we have to do. God's infinite and intimate presence is always our context. It's always the context. It's always the bigger story. It's always the context of every context we're in right now. Whatever circumstance you're in, God's infinite and God's intimate presence is your context. He's with you. He intimately cares. He is infinitely wise, he is infinitely in control, and he is infinitely present without being any less present anywhere else. He is 100% present with you. I know I repeat that because I say it to myself all the time. It's important. So he says in verse 9, this I know, that God is for me. Now what he's not saying there is, God is on my side, whatever I do, he's on my side, so let's go. That's not what he's saying here. He's saying, this I know, that God is for me. I might have my cause messed up. I might have my side of the story messed up. I might be proud right now. That's not what God's for. God's not going to defend me in any of that. But he's for me. He's for the real me. He's for the me that he died for. He's for the me that's going to rise from the dead in his kingdom. He's for me. I know he's for me because he loves me. This I know, that God is for me. This is something we have to say to ourselves. Can you say that? This I know, that God is for me. He loves me. He is infinitely present with me. He is intimately present with me. He counts all my tossings at night. He puts every one of my tears in his bottle. They are all known by him and important to him because I know that God is for me. Verse 10, again, he repeats himself. This is the context. In God, whose word I praise. Now he adds, in Yahweh, in the Lord, in the I am, whose word I praise. In God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me, really? In the bigger story, what can anything, what can anyone do? What can anything do to me? Because I trust God. God is in control. God is the I am. God is the one who is infinitely present. And so what I what I like to do sometimes is in times of fear is to pray prayers that God is the I am. That I pray prayers that you are. His name is I am, so I'm going to pray you are. You are my security. You are my comfort. You are my fortress. You are my true love that I, that, that there's no love like your love for me. You are my hope. You are my salvation, my life, my joy. You are my better story. We'll do that in a minute. 
as we pray, I'll lead you through a time of that so you can make that your prayer. But verse 13 is the ultimate context of the bigger story. Here we have it in Psalm 56. This is what David comes to in his fears, in his anxieties, in his worries. He brings it all to this bigger story. Verse 13, for you have delivered my soul from death. Now, we know that's not just what David's physical circumstances are here, because eventually he is going to die. But ultimately, God has delivered our soul from the real death, the eternal death. He has delivered our soul by becoming a human for us, dying on the cross, taking God's wrath for our sin and breaking through the other side of death into resurrection. He's done all that for us because he is for us. He is for you. And he has delivered your soul from death. Yes, my feet from stumbling, my feet from falling, David says, that I may walk before God in the light of life. Just think of that phrase, that I may walk before God in the light of life. This is what my future is, that I would walk before God in the light of life on a renewed earth in beauty and glory and radiance. Jesus says we will shine like the sun in the kingdom of our Father. There is this light of life that is this resurrected life, this restored life in the kingdom of God, walking before God, walking with God, God being your God and you being his people. And this This is what David says is the ultimate hope. This is the ultimate story that his life is in. This is the context of all his fears. So what can anybody really do to him? Because God is in control and God is for him and God has delivered his soul from death and he is going to walk before God in the light of life. Now, that's his future. And so he's bringing that future into his present. I can walk before God right now in the light of life. I know that I'm facing incredible circumstances. I have people who are oppressing me. I have people who are attacking me. I have people who want my death. This is a dangerous situation, but I can walk before God in the light of life because I know he is with me infinitely and intimately. I know that he is for me. I know his word is true and he is the I am that I can trust and I put my trust in him. All right, now, so what causes you to be just sort of in angst right now? What's what's making you have a restless heart, makes you perhaps toss and turn at night, or perhaps uh, is causing emotional pain? Maybe it's more serious. Maybe you're just really upset. Maybe you're in a situation right now where you're not sure what the future holds and it's pretty desperate, you're hopeless. So from whatever degree to another. Maybe it's lighter, maybe it's heavier. We all have things that are, that we're dealing with that are either a low grade worry, anxiety, or a real fear. There's something, whatever that is. And it is always something this side of the resurrection. And this Psalm is a great Psalm that you can use and use it to pray through your anxieties and your fears. What else are you going to do? I mean, you're just going to keep letting that anxiety have a low-grade burn and it just sort of wears away at you? Or are you going to try to do something about it? And the only real thing to do about it is to take it to God and make it vertical, make it part of your relationship with God. Walk with God in it. Walk with Jesus in your anxiety. Walk with Jesus in your worry and your fears. And this is a great psalm to do that. So let's let's start praying that right now. Let's just pick up. I'll just pick it up in verse 8. Uh, I like to pray the little first part in verse 1, actually where he says, be gracious to me, O God. So let's, let's make that our prayer, and then I'm going to go to verse 8. O God, be gracious to me. 
be gracious to me. I don't deserve your help. I don't deserve your love. I don't deserve your power, your solution, your salvation, your help in my life at all. But I pray that you would be gracious to me. Have mercy on me, oh God. Because I know from your word that I can trust your word. I know your word is true. I know you speak to me in your word. Jesus steeped himself in the Psalms in his life. And he spoke of them as if the Holy Spirit had inspired them because he believed that was true. And that's what I believe. I want to have the same view of your word as Jesus had. So I trust your word. I turn to you by turning to your word and putting my trust in your word because I praise your word that it is true. I praise your word that I can depend upon it. I praise your word because it is eternal. I praise your word because you have spoken it by your Holy Spirit. Your word comes from you and your word has power and your word has life and your word is light and your word is spirit that gives life to me even now in my tossing and turning, in my anxiety, in my worry, in my fears. I trust your word. I turn to your word. I trust in you. You have kept count of my tossings and put my tears in your bottle. I know that you care about every concern of mine. I know that you care because your word says you care. I don't have to feel like you care because your word says you care. I can believe it. I trust your word is true. Therefore, I trust that you know the things that cause me to toss and turn at night. You know the things that cause me to have anxiety and worry. You know the things that I'm afraid of. And I pray that you would be gracious to me and that you would turn to me. I don't doubt for a minute that your word is true. I'm choosing to trust your word is true. And so this I know that God is for me. This I know, that God is for me. This I know, that you are for me. You died for me. You came for me, died for me, rose from the dead for me, like the Apostle Paul says in Galatians 2.20, that you loved me and gave yourself for me. This I know, that you are for me, the real me, the me that you died for the me that you have died and risen from the dead and that will rise from the dead in your kingdom. That's the me that you are for. That's the me that you are creating. That's the me that you love. And that's the me right now that you are going to be gracious to. I pray that you would be gracious to me and merciful to me because this I know that you are for me. In God whose word I praise, in the I am whose word I praise, because you are my salvation. You are my security. I trust in you for my security. I trust in you for my salvation, that you will give me a new life, restored life, resurrected life. But even now, you always have found a way to bring life into this life, to to comfort my soul, to comfort my life. You are my salvation even now. You are my security. You are my comfort. You are my fortress. Nothing comes to me that doesn't pass through your hand first. You're my shield. 
You are my true love. There is no other love that is like your love. And I trust your true and steadfast and eternal love for me. I'm all in because you're all in in your love for me. You are my hope. You are my life. There is no life outside of you. Everything else is a dead-end story. Everything else is just decay and destruction, but you are life. You are the giver of life. You are the I am. Life, all life comes from you, and you give me life, and you are my life. You are my God, and you are my life, and you are my joy. You are my only better story. So in you, I trust. In God, I trust. I shall not be afraid. I shall not worry. I shall not be anxious because you will be gracious to me and merciful to me in Jesus Christ because you are intimately and infinitely always with me and you are for me. And so what can anything do to me? Because you are my fortress. Now, I may die of something, I may be killed by somebody, the worst case scenario may come true, and yet, and yet, nothing can happen to me outside of this fortress that you are around me, and your love for me, and this story that is the context of my life, for you have delivered my soul from death, that I may walk before God in the light of life. You have delivered my soul from your own wrath and the judgment of death and decay and dying, a dead-end story. You've delivered my soul from this quicksand that is my sin, this quicksand that is a purposeless life, this quicksand of being hated and hating one another. You have delivered my soul into love. You have delivered my soul from death into love. You have delivered my soul from darkness into light. You have delivered my soul from a dead end into life. That I may walk with you, the I am, the God that created this universe, beautiful, glorious, radiant, holy, righteous, that I may walk with you, that I may walk before you in your righteousness, in my resurrected body, and your righteousness even now as I am in Christ. And Christ is in me. And so I can walk before you, not in my own righteousness. I don't dare try to walk before you in my own righteousness. I'd be incinerated by your holiness. But I walk before you clothed in the righteousness of Christ. I come before you in the name of Jesus, Christ in me, and I in Christ. And so I can walk before you in the light of life. I will walk before you forever, forever in the light of life in your kingdom this restored earth and a restored body with you present as my God before you, always, never separation, never separation from love, always secure, always in your light. But even now I can, by faith, by your Holy Spirit, Christ in me and I in Christ. So I will not be afraid. I will trust in you. I put my trust in you. I put my worry in you. I put my anxiety in you. I put my fear in you. Because this I know, that you are for me, and that you already have delivered my soul from death, that I may walk before you in the light of life. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.